Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. Two teams falling on hard times in the state of Texas and TCU and Texas Tech. They say that the better story sometimes is in the loser's locker room. We'll see if that's the case. Today's show on the Neighborhood Watch, this is the Loser's Corner. Winner's Circle is the Sunday show. Uh, Loser's Corner is the Monday show. I am Josh Neighbors, your host here on the Neighborhood Watch. And so we'll go through the teams that lost this week. We'll do on the hook, off the hook, uh, or any Big 12 teams that lost. You know, hey, can we give them a pass for their performances? And then we'll look ahead or it looks the other schools, I should say, about, hey, what went wrong for a lot of the schools and what can they do to fix it and see who has fallen on those hard times. Always enjoy doing this show. Make sure you guys follow us wherever you all get your podcast. So if you guys cannot watch the show on YouTube, you can find us there. But please, please, please subscribe to the channel and like the videos. It's really important that you all do that. That helps us grow this channel as much as possible and it helps us you know, keep putting out great content. Like the video, subscribe to the channel, five-star reviews wherever you all get your podcasts as well uh, on this show. All right, so let's do some off the hook first. It's basically like ranking, like how bad was your loss? Like was your loss acceptable, somewhat acceptable? How do we feel about it? Fan base, coach, all that stuff. So I've got two teams this week, and you can probably guess who they are, that I'm going to say are off the hook. All right, so I'm going to share my screen here. So we can do off the hook. Boom. Off the hook. UCF and Houston are my two schools that are off the hook. They both played OU in Texas. Uh, UCF played, obviously, Oklahoma. And then Houston played Texas. And while, you know, their performances were not perfect, there's things to nitpick, right? Uh, it's nice to see that they, you know, come off the, uh, the, the, the buy, at least for UCF and for Houston. You know, they come off the big win and they ride that momentum and played pretty well. For UCF, they have a bye week. So did OU, though. And uh, the one thing they did not let Oklahoma do was establish the run, right? UCF held up up front, and they have not done a whole lot of that this year. I was happy to see them do that. On offense, you know, their playmakers kept them in that game. And, like, that's honestly all you could ask for. I mean, they were winning the game for part of it. But, like, all you could ask for from this UCF team is the effort they gave, and they were one two-point conversion away from being able to, uh, you know, tie this game up, right? And, and so there are places, yeah, there's margins, obviously, they could have won. But I think for the most part, if you're a UCF fan, you're pretty pleased with your performance on the road, right? And we've seen UCF already go on the road against a former Big 12, or uh, two Big 12 teams, excuse me, on the road. And the results have been really bad. 51 points given up against Kansas, and then 44 at K-State. Now, they have played some pretty good teams. They should have beaten Baylor, and they are on a four-game losing streak, right? But I think if you are UCF, like, you understand that you watch a game against Oklahoma, you see that you are holding up, especially at the skill positions, against what is an improving defense. So that is encouraging for you. Uh, you know, and there's a lot, I think, on the offensive and defensive lines, obviously, that has to get improved upon. But I think Gus Malzahn is in a good spot. You know, I do worry about Gus sometimes. I heard a great description of his offense today listening to cover three. 
And they said uh, a lot of his play calls are like trying to hit the ball with the clown's mouth with a windmill going, i.e. Uh, he is gimmicky. It's kind of what I say. I think it was a great description of like, you know, the way that he does stuff sometimes. I think it's a, you know, well put uh, to, to, to be quite frank. Uh, so, you know, you're okay with like that stuff worries you. He's always going to be like that. So it's not going to change. But I, I do think think about where this program is headed. Yes, this must this might be a, a tough year number one. But overall, like I actually still am, you know, I'm okay with where this thing is headed. They are second second in the conference overall and next year's recruiting rankings. They are 29th overall. NC State's behind them. Purdue is ahead of them. So you're saying Ryan Walters, well, great job there. So they got 18 commits. And uh, right now, nine of their commit, commits, half their class are four stars, right? It's obviously not counting the guys that they're going to get in the transfer portal as well. So Gus Malzahn is in good shape in general. It's a tough loss, but still, you like the way they showed up and they competed. This is progress compared to what they had been doing on the road against these Big 12 teams. Then you've got Houston. So Houston gets the win against West Virginia in a crazy game, and uh, they were in this game, and their quarterback had a lot of momentum. I, th I thought you, know, you could argue that Donovan Smith I mean, I thought Quinn Ewers was pretty good, but you could argue Donovan Smith outplayed Quinn Ewers. Now, that one interception was crippling and terrible, so you know, I'd say hey, I'd take that one away. Um, but they could not run the ball, and they're not very good up front, Houston is. They're not an effective running team. Obviously, they're an air raid team. But the way their receivers made plays, especially the last two weeks, Hope Manjack's okay, but Golden has really come on two touchdowns this game. They could not cover him. Uh, Samuel Brown, the big game. Obviously, Stephon Johnson, the big catch last week, but he had – uh, Elon would catch this game. So they are doing a good job of spreading that ball around. Donovan Smith guys is starting to look better. Now he did make one really bad decision. I get that, but um, he's really starting to improve. And I think it's a guy that obviously he's got a lot of actions. He's, uh, he's played a lot. You know what I mean? This guy, it's seen plenty of time. Like, and you know, he's one of those guys actually is a post COVID guy. So his first year is back in 2021. Uh, so he's a junior. He's got one more year left, but I really do think he's getting acclimated. And look, Dana Holgerson was on the hot seat. Um, I don't think, I, I think it's okay right now. Like, I think if you're Houston, you're happy with the win over West Virginia. You're displeased with the result against Texas tech. You're displeased with TCU. You're displeased with the, about the, the rice game, but the UTSA game was good. The West Virginia game was good. And you're happy about this result too. At K state at Baylor next, if you can go to Baylor and get a win, you get Cincinnati, Oklahoma state at home. So there's still a chance for a bowl game for them. It's going to be really hard, but I think five and seven is where they should be considering the roster and the transition. So if they're less than that, like he might get canned, but if they're kind of right there where they're expected to be, uh, they're there. It's just, they got to keep focus. They really have to keep focus because they've been playing good football and they got screwed to the spot too. Uh, I mean, I, I don't want to hear anything about big 12 officials in Texas because that is absolutely crap. There's a bad spot. Texas tech deserved to have that spot. Bad call from, uh, some bad coaching calls from, uh, Malzahn and Dana. But, um, you know, I think otherwise you're pretty pleased. All right, now we go to our man, Dusty Rose. Kick him in the butt and say, hey, a computer took your place, daddy. That's hard time. Hard times. That's what we talk about for the teams that are on the hook this week. And really on the hook, there's, uh, there's a couple from the state of Texas. So TCU getting dog walked by Kansas State. Um, TCU is, I think like right below average, I guess. Because here's the thing, guys. They're four and four. So the wins for them this year are Houston by 23, SMU by 17, 
and BYU by 33. Uh, I'm doing math my head. 33, right? So, like, you're getting these good results and strong wins. Your losses, you had a narrow loss against Colorado, a narrow loss against West Virginia, and then that Iowa State game actually wasn't that close, and this was a blowout, right? So there's a little bit of variation. Now, they should have beaten Colorado. This should be a 5-3 and three football team. But obviously, for them, they are still really struggling with the amount of guys they lost last year. It's funny. I meant yesterday or uh, this morning to go back and like go over highlights and stuff. I meant to go back and watch K-State and, and TCU. And I accidentally clicked on last year's game and the first play, uh, they're Darius Davis burning. And it's like, you forget all the guys they lost. And the thing is their receiving core should be good. Like personnel wise, actually we've got some pretty good personnel in the receiving core, but they just haven't been. And you're hoping for them that they can get a emergence. You know, JP Richardson has been strong for them. Savion Williams has been inconsistent for them, but Robinson needs to be better. Warren Thompson, like all these guys, like he's just, you know, and Jared Wiley. I mean, they, uh, they throw him the ball 22. He's got 22 catches. I feel like honestly, he needs to have the ball more than he does right now. Um, I feel like he's just an effective weapon for them. Josh Hoover, still learning, man. Six touchdowns, five picks, um, you know, in two games. And so, like, it's it's hit or miss. And when you are in an air raid system, man, like, it's just a young guy who's thrown into a spot he was not ready for. 54% completion percentage. I mean, last week you saw him 439, four touchdowns, still two picks too. But, uh, you know, this is a guy who's, once again, like, he is learning how to play the position. Throwing a pick in at least every single game, so he's got to get better with that. But I think reading the defense, you know, you get better with that in time. And hopefully in the Kendall Bryle system you get better at it because it's not always a system that asks you to read a lot of defenses, but that's there. So, uh, you know, like considering the situation, it's not like the worst thing in the world that they're 4-4. Four and four. It's definitely disappointing. And then especially you factor in the, the national championship game last year. So like that's where TCU becomes a massive disappointment. Um, I expected a downgrade. I did not expect it to be like this. So I think there is some culpability there. Texas Tech. Um, so I'm not panicking about the program. Joey McGuire is still a younger coach, right? In terms of his head coaching tenure. Um, I think and I've been saying this a bunch, I think there needs to be a reevaluation about how they attack things. And here's the thing, like they're running the ball pretty well and they have a third string quarterback in. But once again, we're at a spot where the third string quarterback is once again back and he had to throw 37 times. And the last game he threw 28 times in relief, right? And he's thrown six interceptions. So I don't know if Jake Strong is going to be any good. He's a third string for a reason, whatever. But they put so much on their quarterbacks. And even on the game where the problem for them was Xavier White played well, but they were in a hole early and they just could not get themselves out of that hole. Right. And their offense was putting themselves. I mean, their offense had what four turnovers in this game. So you're just not going to win on the road like that. Even when you rack up as many yards as they did, they just have to execute better. Um, and I think as far as this season goes, like you got to hope they get Morton back. I don't, think they will at least in the short term i don't know we'll see the quarterback injuries you never really know but they had a close loss against wyoming close loss against oregon close loss against west virginia and the k-state loss and the byu losses have not been particularly close they do have a couple three score wins those have been good um but you know tarleton state houston and baylor like the combined records of those schools are not very good and uh this texas tech team i didn't think they'd be like the, like you know a super power and uh, I, I didn't think their defense is that good their defense did not play terribly last night I mean in the end they only give up like what 20 points are on the defense um, and your defense is on the field extra because of uh, five turnovers excuse me five three interceptions and two fumbles 
Um, and so you were on the field and, you know, extra times and you only give up 277 yards. Like that's a, that's a win. I think their defense is improving a smidge at a time. I guess you could say they kind of got psyched out last week with the Avery Johnson thing. Like, I don't think they saw that coming and they were not prepared for it. And I think it showed up in the game. Um, but yeah, you know, it's, it's hard to kind of quantify what's happening with this team. Because uh, they're fighting to make a bowl now, and that's a huge disappointment. But I, I said this before, and actually, uh, Drake Toll from Locked On Big 12 texted me last night because he thought that Texas Tech would win nine games. And look, like that could have been in the cards. I'm not saying it wasn't. My big point was they haven't won nine games. Uh, let's see what I what I tell Drake. Uh, they had not won nine games uh, since 2009. And they have not been stringing together really good seasons like they were under Mike Leach. So I think when you factor that in, like they've got to find a way to be more consistent first. And I think Joey McGuire is still going through that. Now they have two winning seasons, three his first three years and like two quality winning seasons. You know, you're starting to feel better, but I know it's disappointing for tech fans in the moment. And it's just a team that's been hit with injuries. Um, they don't have the depth to overcome it. But the thing is in the past, a quarterback actually have been at times. But I think Strong's just too young and asking him to do too much, even though the running game was good and it cost them because they were not good with the football, even on the exchange. Like, I don't know whose fault the fumble was, but not a good spot to be the three and five now. Um, Cincinnati. So Cincinnati should lose to Baylor. Uh, the, the reason why I'd say it's hard times is just like they have not won a Big 12 conference game yet, right? Uh, they have not won a game in the Big 12 conference, and I think they're pretty squarely um clearly the worst team in the league they have not won since they beat Pitt way back in the second week of the season right and they've got at Oklahoma State UCF at home at Houston at West Virginia and Kansas so where are the wins coming from there'll be dogs basically in every single game unless Vegas decides to make them a favorite against UCF in that case I will bet against them again but these schools, man, like it's it's a tough transition and they've got some players, but it's the players and it's the depth. And it's like hanging there for four quarters and the full game, all that stuff. They just can't do it right now. And so they got to find a way to try and do it. Uh, not going well. It's going sideways for them in a hurry. But like I thought they'd be really bad. So I don't know if I'm super angry about it. Right. I, I did not think this team would be very good. So I'm not sure if I'm like completely, totally upset about it. But still, they're bad. And that sucks. Uh, West Virginia. So they're, they're fascinating because they are really coming back down to earth. Now, what I will say about them is this. They were on the wrong side of a historic performance. I saw this on Twitter and I forgot who put it out there. So I'm going to read it to you all because I think it's, it's absolutely uh, fascinating about Ollie Gordon's performance. So uh, Mike Monaco had this. Four players have rushed for at least 250 yards and four touchdowns in the history of Oklahoma State football. Thurman Thomas, Hall of Famer. Barry Sanders, a four time, he did this four times, uh, Hall of Famer. Kendall Hunter, who is a two-time All-American. And then Ollie Gordon. Um, so you were on the wrong side of a special performance. Now, I think this team is just starting to break down a bit. I think it's starting to slow up a little bit for them. The good news is they're not getting blown out, right? They've won some close games. They've lost some close games. They probably should have won the Houston game, right? But now you're in a spot where you're on the road against UCF next week. It's a tough game. Now, I'm not sure that environment's tough, but like you have to come out ready to play. They have a talent advantage. Then you've got BYU at home at OU. 
Cincinnati and Baylor. If you make a bowl game, it's a success. I'm wondering though, like what does it look like for them to make a bowl? Cause I said like, yo, I want to see something special for them to, to keep um, Neil Brown as the coach. And like, especially like, I want to see something with an identity, but the, the thing is for them, you know, if they're a little bit cash strapped, like they're starting to actually get more of an identity. They're starting to look better, right? Like, uh, especially Garrett Green is starting to look really good. I just don't know if they have the personnel to maintain because up front they got gashed yesterday. And Zeta Donaldson, to be honest, has not had a great season for them offensively. They actually, you know, like last, I mean, guys, the last four games, 15 for 48, 22 for 61, 17 for 66, 13 for 39. Now, he's had a touchdown in all of those games. He has scored. He's good from short yardage, but He's not hitting those big explosive plays. And in the running game, while I think it's actually still pretty dynamic, uh, it's a lot more of Garrett Green. And it's a lot more, you know, we're seeing a lot more Jalen Anderson uh, yesterday. And then trying to, obviously, you know, Jaheim White, trying to get him involved, but he did not play. So, like, they're trying to figure out, like, what the best way it is to attack. I think Garrett Green's getting better as a passer. He still makes some really bad decisions. But I do think the offense is improving. Like, the 39 point, and I know Houston's, Houston's bad. But 39 points against Houston is very good. And it's good. What you should be doing. Um, and then 34 yesterday. And you could have had more. But if you know if it weren't for um, the interception, obviously, too. And then you have the muff punt. And you took away a possession from yourself. Um, but, you know, uh, Justin Johnson had a good game yesterday. He's 14 for 72 for, uh, you know, and scored a touchdown. Garrett Green was really good, too. Um, and Garrett Green, like, he, he's going to keep getting better as a passer. So I think we have to give him a little more grace. And he's a guy that now for green, let's see how many games did he play in 2021? So he played, yeah, he played a bunch in 2021. So yeah, this is his junior year for him. I think there's a chance that he's a really good player next year. Um, Cause eight touchdowns, two picks. He's only completing though 52% of his passes. Now he can throw the ball downfield a bit more and he's been an effective runner. And so he, he and he gives him a spark and all of those things. So I'm wondering, like, does he keep getting better? Because there's a good chance, guys, he's a really awesome quarterback next year. I think there's a good chance that he is a top-tier quarterback in this league. And I think that's an improvement because you go from the start of this season thinking, mm, you know, what's the quarterback situation? Is it Mark Yall? Is it Green? It's clearly Green now. He is the guy. And uh, I know they're, what, at this point in time now, four and three, but they've got wins, uh, you know, this season. Uh, let's see, West Virginia, yeah, four and three on this year. On the year, you got wins against Duquesne, Pitt in a rivalry game, beat him pretty good. Texas Tech at home too. At TCU is a good win, and then you have two, you know, uh, pretty like the loss yesterday was fourteen, but it was still a pretty narrow loss. Right, it was a close game. Just on the wrong end of a great performance, uh, but you know, like where those teams are, Oklahoma State's just a bit better, just a bit better program. I feel dumb for betting on West Virginia to be honest uh, in that game. So. You know, I, that's why I think TCU's hardest times just because of the situation and how well they did last year and where they are at now. So that's why I would say for them, it is, uh, I've got them ranked as the number one team, Texas Tech, just because the expectations, what, we're, what was expected of them, where they're at right now. Obviously, I think that that's not where they want to be. Cincinnati didn't really have expectations, but, you know, that loss was still, I mean, they have not won a game yet, and Baylor was kind of the best chance they had. And then obviously last, West Virginia. And I know that, you know, it's tough the last two weeks how things have gone, but still like overall four and three. It's a lot. Actually, it's better than I, than I thought they would be. It's better than I thought. All right, that will do it for today's show. 
Uh, make sure you all follow us on Twitter at Josh Neighbors underscore. You guys can find me. You guys can also find the show at NWPod365. Once again, guys, you all need to get on these Big 12 best bets because yesterday, and I, sometimes I don't pick every game. Sometimes I do. I did uh, yesterday. Uh, Baylor plus three, or a couple days ago, Baylor plus three, Oklahoma State minus 17 and a half. That did not hit. Houston plus 23 and a half. That hit. West Virginia minus three, K-State minus six, BYU plus three. So we had a good week last week. We are now on the season 24 and 17. And so if you do the math, 24 divided by 41 is 59%. So we're at 59% on the year in this league. And if you look for, looking forward to this coming week in the Big 12 Conference, I'm trying to get you guys some early line value here as well. We'll start doing this as well or in the, earlier in the week. Uh, I saw KU is a seven-point dog. I am really curious to see where that line goes as we approach the game because I could see Sharps going in on Oklahoma. KU's defense is not very good, so it's one of the situations where like it might be a close game, but they end up winning by more. Uh, again, the line is now 10.5. Uh, also at 11 a.m., we have a busy 11 a.m. next week. Uh, UCF, 6.5-point favorite against West Virginia. Maybe a body blow effect, but West Virginia plays close games. So I would, right now, if you want to jump on that, I think the line probably gets closer. Kansas State's a 17.5-point favorite against Houston. I would be all over that. I feel like... Houston's kind of this, this burst their bubble this week, and they're not always great at maintaining the focus. Iowa State is a one-and-a-half-point underdog at Baylor. Good Lord, you know me. I'm, I'm going to end up betting Baylor. I don't want to, but I'll end up betting Baylor, and I should not be betting Baylor. Uh, but Iowa State off a bye, too. I feel pretty good about that situation. It should be a really close, fun, exciting game. And then at 2.30 on, uh, B, uh, on ABC, we don't have a line for this yet because Texas does not know if Quinn Ewers will be playing or not. So we'll see something later on in the week. And then finally, Cincinnati and uh, Oklahoma State, the Pokes are a seven-point favorite. That should be more. All right. That'll do it, folks. Find us on Twitter at NWPod365, at Josh Neighbors underscore. Find the show wherever we get your podcasts and on YouTube as well. Like the video. Subscribe to the channel. Talk to you folks tomorrow.